0: Hi there, folks, and welcome or welcome back to Nippon Trading International's Japan Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Ziv Nakajima, again, and this podcast is brought to you, among others, by Emil Gorgis of realestate.jp. He's a Tokyo real estate agent who specializes in serving international or mixed nationality families who are looking for the perfect family home. So Emil's an Australian, he's been living here in Japan for over two decades now, and for about half of that time, he's been buying, selling, and managing real estate properties in Tokyo on behalf of his own family and a great many happy clients. And he also acts as a mortgage broker on behalf of his clients. So he's got dedicated loan officers and many of the Japanese mega banks. And if you're a regular listener of the podcast, you probably already know him from our JREP, the Japan Real Estate Experts Panel Sessions which means that you're already aware of the fact that the man is an absolute fountain of wisdom on all things related to real estate in Japan, and in particular to family homes, the greater Tokyo metropolitan area, and mortgages. And most importantly, he's incredibly generous with his time and advice, which he's more than happy to provide at no cost or commitment to anyone asking. So if you've been thinking about buying your home in Tokyo, but you've been sitting on the fence for a while, or you just want to have a chat in English with a real expert... Drop him a line on sales at realestate.jp, hit him up today and start exploring your options. All right, so for today's episode, we're back with the JREP panel. And by the way, if you still haven't pre-registered for our upcoming February Japan Real Estate Summit Seminar in Tokyo, what are you waiting for? Get over to realestate.jp and put your name in now because places are limited. Last time uh, we at NTI had a seminar in Tokyo, it was a full house, standing room only, and that was just a couple of us talking heads. This time around, there are five of us, each with our own unique knowledge and expertise, so a really good chance to pick our brains for the day. And all but guaranteed to be sold out. So yeah, realestate.jp, go and register. So yeah, back with the JREP panel today. And we're discussing a few topics and questions that came up in our Japan real estate group on Facebook. Great group, by the way. We'll link to it in this episode's show notes if you're still not familiar with it. And one of these topics was the sensitive matter of stubborn tenants. So what can you do if you've got plans for your property, but have a tenant in it? They may have been there for a while. You don't want to disrupt their lives, but you also need to think of your own financial position. How do tenant rights work in Japan in this uh, respect? And what can you do as a landlord when you simply need your tenants to vacate the property? We also talk about a similar case on a grander scale of the famous Narita Airport farmers. Really interesting story if you're not familiar with it. And then we segue to another question, this one from a YouTube viewer who's asking about beach holiday properties in Japan. Are they a good purchase? Are they popular? Are they priced correctly or are they overpriced? How susceptible are they to natural disasters and in particular tsunamis, which are always a painful topic here? and then after that we riff a little bit about international schools and other projects that can breathe life into otherwise unknown japanese countryside uh, towns and prefectures so a really good well-rounded conversation with the usual suspects enjoy the ride and i'll see you again on the other side all right and we're back our listeners and viewers don't actually know how long we've been off because uh, they see the gap in publishing not the gap in uh, not Aha. the gap in actually recording uh, but we haven't gotten together for over a month, right? Has it yes, been? five, six weeks. Yeah.
1: And how many countries have we visited in that time?
0: Yes. Let's, a lot. Let's, let's make people jealous. Tell us about it.
2: <laughs> okay. Well, I think I, w- I went out first. So I did, uh, I did Qatar. I did uh, Czech Republic. I did Austria, Poland, Nigeria, Germany, all, uh, back to Czech, then Austria again. Then, and then here. <laughs> so I'm all over I was all over the place. So now I'm also I'm going crazy. Like I have multiple jet lags and
0: and Backlog, of six weeks of emails, right?
2: Yes. Yeah, well, yes, that's too. And I came back and literally within 40, 48 hours I left to Kyoto. And came back last night. Nice. Actually, last morning we drove. So we came back 5 a.m. last
0: night. Nice. It's a nice drive. You drove
2: to Kyoto? Oh, yeah. It was awesome. We got, my husband got a new toy. So we went out for a test drive. Nice. How long does it take to drive to Kyoto? uh, Going there took us five and a half hours. Okay. It's not too bad. It's not bad at all. Sometimes you do longer if you go to Shimoda. (laughs) Going back, it took us seven seven because there was uh basically there were some repairs on the express right when yeah. you get off kyoto which we didn't know about that they're gonna close the express that they close the express every night from 8 p.m we didn't know that so we got to the express and they go like oh you know the express is closed go down and we were like but up there and they said We don't know, just go down. Just go, (laughs) get out. Oh, dear. So, yeah, so it took us seven going back, but we are two drivers, so for us, it's not a problem.
0: Yeah, the only thing is, if you're not using the model, you get stuck behind one of those trucks on a single lane, and then it's a bit of a nightmare, isn't it?
2: You know, it is highway almost all the way, but going there on Friday night, we were almost alone. Going back Monday night, there were trucks throughout. I've never seen as many trailers in mm-hmm. Japan as I've seen la- uh, on Monday, and there were just too many. We were basically all the time in between some trucks that they would go, so we would go a little bit ahead, but uh, it slows you down a lot, and it's also quite uncomfortable because you know the truck drivers are not the nicest. So yeah,
0: you're constantly like breaking. <laughs> yeah, and you then, are, and, and, you know? and, and,
2: and then you know when they decide they want to take over. Even there is no space, they just go on you, yeah, mm-hmm. and hope you're gonna slow down. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, there was a lot of swearing involved. Uh,
3: <laughs> Swerving
0: or swearing?
2: Swearing.
0: Yeah. How are your um? How are your flights? Did you get a lot of um, delays or changes or issues with the testing? Or
2: uh, <laughs> I'm the worst person to ask about that. I have spent about four hours on calls with airlines in general because of our change of plans and change of flights because we had the summer complete, planned out completely different. Then we had to change new family situation. So uh, we had to change some of the routes of our flights. We had to uh, change dates. We had to cancel some parts of the tickets. Um, yeah, yeah. But that was your uh,
0: changes. I mean, they didn't...
2: Lucky- only one was not my change, that was Lufthansa, because when I was flying to Africa, that day Lufthansa was on strike.
3: They decided,
2: they decided to get on strike. In Germany, for all that matters, I was like, how? I would expect this in France, but I would never expect it from Lufthansa. There's some
0: solidarity during these pandemic times to po- postpone the strike still after the pandemic.
2: <laughs> you know, I mean, listen, in Europe, pandemic is over. What pandemic?
0: Yeah, right. No. Who, who Australia cares? felt only, the
2: same actually It's literally only Japan that it's still overreacting over this thing So mm-hmm. uh, Europe, nobody cares about anything regarding to Corona I mean, when has
3: that not been the case? So. Yeah.
2: No, I mean, for a while, <laughs> Europe was pretty strict yeah. You know, with a lot of things But right now, nobody cares about anything But they had some, you know, I guess, salary issues, whatever So on the same day that I was to fly to Nigeria Uh, they decided to get on strike so i just got a message as i was i was going to the airport um, a day ahead so to kind of hang out and have fun with my girlfriend in austria Uh, they sent me a a ticket oh by the way your ticket your your flight tomorrow was cancelled so i was like (laughs) hold on a second at least they told you
0: wait till i get to my store no they
2: sent me an email (laughs) they didn't call they sent me an email luckily i check my emails regularly because you know, we're getting old work emails and stuff. Like I check my emails all the time. So it was like, oh, by the way, your flight is canceled. So I was like, what the hell? Tried to call them, of course, all the phone lines uh, were down. Uh, No chat support, nothing. So uh, then all of somehow miraculously, they figured out that I was inquiring and they sent me another email that they uh, rerouted me through Amsterdam with a little bit of a longer wait but at least could
0: be worse could be worse i can take could a, be
2: worse and i spent some get time get out there. in
0: amsterdam waiting for another flight
2: yeah yeah <laughs> we all can do that so luckily mm-hmm. and i had to get to nigeria at a specific time because i was going for a funeral so i didn't really have the luxury of saying oh i'll just go next week or i'll go in whatever 2 days or 3 days when lufthansa start flying again so i had to take and so I checked in for the flight through Amsterdam and everything. And when I came to the airport in the morning and tried to check in my luggage, they start telling me uh, I have to fly through Charles de Gaulle. And I was like, nope, not mm-hmm. doing it. I got just so pissed off. So I was standing at the counter with my luggage and I said, I'm not checking in through Charles de Gaulle. I'm not flying through that airport. It's the worst airport in Europe. So I was like, nope, nope, and nope. And you already checked me in. I'm online checked in through Amsterdam. You have to put me through Amsterdam. So they so I'm not leaving. So they did that. So I did. Yeah. You
0: know. Where did you go, Tracy?
2: Um, I was in
0: Thailand. Yeah, I know. So f- there was a rhetorical question. I hate your guts.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <And laughs> really <No. though>. no. <laughs> but I mean, it was it was fantastic because I got to see my family for the first time in three years. Um, my mum and dad they flew up, up from Australia and and we flew down and we were, had a you know we're we're Marriott like we're married points owners so you know we we have like <laughs> we have these massive apartments in Thailand that that mm. we have so um, yeah two and three bedroom apartments which is just fantastic so we could all just hang out. I mean, hotel rooms are so small, but when you have an apartment, you know, everyone, like my dad needs an afternoon sleep. So and everyone gets their own space and you can read and just, just be, it's just yeah. it's that that's what you really miss seeing family. It's like, yes, you can catch up on all the news. You can do that over Zoom, but just, just to be in the same room and breathe the same mm. air is there's just something really special about that. So. Um, you know, we went swimming, and my parent, like my, my mom, got to read books with my son every day. So that was just awesome. Um, and yeah, being in a resort, it's just lush. Having you know, having people come on to make your beds every day it was, it was <sighs> really, really lush. Um, massages on the beach, and uh, uh, the thing about Thailand is that pretty much everyone's still in masks. Um, and my parents, who flew up from Australia. You know, they they use the same paper mask day upon day, and I'm like, oh, stop this! You know, because they're not they're not used to the mask culture. So, um, I you know, I gave them a whole bunch of masks, and I taught them how to use them again. So, um, yeah, so but even Bangkok, it's everyone's in masks. Um, and coming back in now, probably when this airs, it's going to be over. But you know, the uh, we had to get the PCR tests, and um, you know nearly had to sell, sell my child into slavery to to buy the the PCR test and the certificates it's horrendously it's such a rort. Yeah. um mm-hmm. and um yeah we we drove we did a drive through PCR tests with a golf buggy because we, we were on foot <laughs> It was, they put us on a little golf buggy i've got photos to prove it that we went through we went through the drive-through pcr tests um on a golf buggy which was hilarious That's but hilarious. it's it lovely it was just really nice um and now back into it yeah back into it mm. and zib you've had a bit of a rough you had a bit of a rough start didn't you
0: at the start, yeah, it wasn't too bad. I just wish they'd notified us. so um I an airline whose name I shall not um I shall not mention for fear of retribution <laughs> <laughs> and have decided to cancel our flight from mm-hmm. Tokyo to Australia without actually notifying us, and we're coming in from the other side of the country. so uh, we just rocked up to a very very deserted, abandoned kind of um, airline counter to find out that we're not flying anywhere. And they did put us on a flight the next day, but it was just an extra bit painful 29 extra hours because the Narita, no offense if any of our viewers live around Narita, but it's a bit of a dump aside from the airport like this just nothing there even in the heart of the town there's like some snack bars that's it
1: yeah i thought that there was a really nice temple and stuff in there people have said to me oh narita town is actually really interesting because there's a really nice temple and or is that just an no, urban? no area? it
0: could be i just haven't seen it anywhere north, near the, north, uh... of it,
3: north of it can be kind of along what is that the tone river i think yeah. uh, probably like 20 kilometers or so north the northern area of Narita can be, no, but yeah, generally speaking, I fully agree with Ziv. Except for the very interesting, I believe it's the five farmers who still live in the middle of Narita Airport. Oh, really? They, they still, they don't. Oh, oh there's, there's a story. story.
0: Wait, wait, give it to me.
3: You don't know about this? No. Oh, this <laughs> is... oh, it's great. Um, So what do you call that when the government acquisitions land? Uh, Forced eviction? Yeah. <laughs> eminent domain.
1: Eminent domain.
3: Yeah, exactly. Right. And so when Narita Airport was being built, I mean, you guys, especially you, Ziv, would probably know, would know more about but it, it was sort of like forced eviction, yeah. In, but with like tenants' rights, right? And so there are a bunch of people living in, mostly farmers, living in the areas, and you know, the government comes in and says, hey, we're building an airport here. Like, here's some money. Get out. Let's well, so yeah. it. Except for five. And they were like, no. <laughs> and so they're still there. Uh, like in, I believe it's in between like two tarmacks. Uh, like in the middle of Narita airport. Um, there's these five or six farmers that still, they still have their land. They refuse to leave. They won't take the money. And they're just like, look it up. Like Narita farmers or something. I mean, so what,
0: been... they're Like
3: in the middle
0: of the tarmac?
3: Yeah, yeah. Like they are in... What is otherwise known as Donita Airport. I remember
1: the first time I came to Japan, which was in the late 80s. Um, when you go back, when you go back through Narita, you there was actually a passport check before you got onto the lake. And because there was such a, such a... Um, protest that was going on and um yeah yeah bombings and you know or threatens of bombs and stuff like that because of because of all of this um and i didn't realize those people were still living there i I guess it
3: sounds like it's one now i just sent a link in the uh in the chat but
2: Mm -hmm. yeah i see that
3: yeah there's at least one person who lives in the middle like not even like what was that Tom Hanks movie where he gets stuck oh, in the airport?
0: This person terminal.
3: has a farm within Narita Airport. Wait, yeah, Tracy, can ideas. you share
0: that? Let's let's show people. Is there a photo there or something? Or just a video? Oh, um, it's
1: a video. I'm just trying. To, I've actually got my browser shut to save on memory. <laughs> no, my computer sad right let me, now. Let
3: me share my screen. Oh, I, you have to say... Oh,
1: I have you. to let you. I have, look, I'll, I'll, I'll help you.
3: P- put it in the, put it in the episode notes. Show
1: notes, yeah.
2: Oh, yeah.
3: but yeah, there's that. At least one, one dude is just like, uh uh-uh. uh
2: <laughs> That's hilarious, though.
3: Yeah. Apparently, it's worth one point six million dollars.
2: No kidding. Yeah. No and kidding.
3: He still is just like, nope. <laughs>
2: he's lucky that they don't uh, just kind of carried him. Out because in Europe they there were a few issues over this um, in the past thirty years, and basically, so to avoid this, they did some kind of a law that uh, you're not allowed that if it's for the like the the higher good, right, of the country or of the community or whatever, and so you have to you can't even haggle the price.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Because what it's they used like to do Europe in whole check, what they used to be... do in check, they would hold up and then they'll be the last and they'll be like, well, you paid them, for example, 100,000, but I'm the last and without me, you can't do it. So you got to give me 10 million. Yeah,
3: right, right. Right,
2: And then the developer eventually, you know, would settle for, for example, a million, mm-hmm. but that would still be much more than what's supposed to. So now, right now it is, you have to take the price that is like for everybody Uh, given by the government.
3: I actually, uh, new information has come to light. (laughs) There are five households still living on Narita Airport grounds, quote. Uh, The son of one of the men who refused to leave still farms his land, assisted by ten, count them, ten volunteers, uh, some of whom were former student protesters. (laughs)
2: <laughs> How do you farm in the middle of the airport?
3: No the idea. <laughs> <laughs> no I idea. would
2: not want to eat that produce to be well, honest. Well
3: that do, right? Like it's oh, much- jet that's right. <laughs> yeah, it's very
2: <laughs> How
1: bloody minded might- <laughs> do you have to be really? Like
3: <laughs> that, that is a next next level stubbornness. That's it's, it's
0: very cute. It's endearing, I have to say. It's quite a- <laughs> We actually had um this is a perfect segue actually because we had a a question in the group that riled up a lot of people in the Japan Real Estate Group on Facebook which if our viewers are not members of they definitely should be. Um, Somebody was asking let me dig that up somebody was asking what can you do if you purchase an older building and it's got tenants in it but you actually want to build something else there. Um, Obviously you don't forcibly kick them out but what do you do and there was a bunch of very interesting answers but before i dive into
3: them uh what do you think folks uh we're actually kind of in a situation like this right now um, okay i won't give any names locations blah 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 blah, blah whatever um but it's what you describe. Um, there's a number of ways to do it you can be a complete jerk and say hey i'm the owner get out yeah. Uh, but in, they do have a legal leg to stand on if you don't want to. Uh, well, it depends on what kind of property you're talking about. If it's in arrears with the bank, then you've got a little bit more force behind you. Right. Um, you can do that, but especially in, you know, ideal and mostly rural stuff. Right. Um, the situation is that this is a rural community, uh, the property in question is kind of a long-standing member of said rural community, they have connections, people know each other, blah, 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 um, and if the parties who are interested in said property end up making a purchase, who are unknown to the local community, uh, and they come in there and acquire the the what amounts to, I guess you could call it a historic property that everybody knows and is familiar with and just run in there and kick everybody out and start their whole thing up. Uh, that doesn't really do you any favors with everybody of, who surrounds your property. You basically make enemies by doing that, right?
0: Probably not too popular even with the ward office, right?
3: Precisely, precisely. Um, and so there's a number of ways to do it. Our suggestion at the moment is, look, Uh, in order to get everybody on your good side, the community, as well as the people that you are acquiring this property from, who happen to live on the property currently, in addition to a few others, up your budget so that you can move them. You can relocate them and offer to pay like a year's rent for wherever it is you put them. Considering that in Japan it costs you about six months' rent to even move anywhere,
0: that's not a that's not an unreasonable deal, I think.
3: Right, right, and so of course, obviously, that means additional costs to the purchase. But if you you know if you've got if you've got the means and you're not against making less hassles for yourself, mm. um, the the current best approach to that issue, I would say, is bite the bullet and be a nice person and be like, all right, we understand that, you know, basically we're evicting or kicking you out, but uh, we want to make sure you land on your feet. Um, You know, here's a good spot. Probably you should be the one who's deciding on where to to put them. Um, But basically give them an olive branch and say, we understand that this is a difficult situation. We don't want to put you out on the street. So how about this? Um, so it's kind of a what we call that a um, middle ground sort of thing that's definitely the <laughs>
0: nice way to do it i think i mean there's horror stories you know from outright illegal old school stuff like sending uh, yakuza's to hit hit the doors with baseball bats and threaten people oh. and um, the, the gray area which we've seen actually happen on a few occasions with you know when a developer buys the building they get their 80 percent which is what you need by law agreement from unit owners to sell. And then if there happen to be 10 or 20% that don't want to sell, um, they retain their units. So the developer can not tear down the building, but what they can do is um, stop water supply because they now own the infrastructure, for example, or stop electricity supply or what have you. And then, you know, they're effectively forced to move out because they just can't live there anymore. And by that point, they can't even negotiate a price anymore. They just have to basically give it yeah, away.
3: Yeah, there to go. Right.
1: Well, look, I, I know people who have done very well out of um out of the. It's not really an eviction. It's more like we would like you know you have tenants' rights. You know you have a contract. You're all paid up. This is for renters. Um, and we want this building. And so I've had a few friends hold out and hold out and hold out. Managed to do very nicely out of that and yeah. you know enough so that they were able to buy a house or um yeah buy buy a house clear free and clear um but yeah. from the from the penalty of of you know for the hassle of moving out so yeah um it's interesting it's interesting also I-
0: important to note that japanese tenants uh being usually being conflict uh, averse um in most cases um you know, farmers in the midst of Narita Airport, nonwithstanding, but in most cases, they would accept a reasonable offer relatively easily and quickly. And, and, you know, sometimes we just say, look, we're not renewing the lease because, for example, the owner wants to move into the property and they'll just, Move out. We'll give them a bit of compensation, and they'll move out. But um, if you happen to if you happen to get a foreign tenant, I'm I'm sorry to say, uh, mm-hmm. who actually knows their rights um, as well yeah. they should. Or if you happen to have one of these um, stubborn old men or stubborn old farmers, usually men, I find, uh, yeah. maybe because yeah. they have more time on their hands or they're bored or I don't know. Um, it can be it can be a bit of a hassle. Yeah.
1: Yeah we' we're, we're going to be facing that shortly in one of my one of my rentals. Um, they've put up a sign at the at the beginning of the block. It's like in Shinjuku area. And it you know, it looks like that they're they're going to um, acquire the whole city block. It's like a massive block. Um, and it's full of, you know, smaller places, older houses, and and lots of bitsy botsy places. But it is, you know, one minute walk from Shinjuku to a coin so Mm. central park so it is like valuable real estate so but i rent a, I rent a new build i rent a house there from an owner and so i'm madly checking my contracts to see well if i keep paying my rent um you know the the um to the owner so it's up to the owner to sell or not and then so if the owner sells that's fine but the owner is selling on the basis that it is an ongoing contract so I'm just going to wait and see but it's going to take years and years and years because it's it's a massive development mm. so it's um, probably going
0: to be a bit more challenging in your case because you're not actually living there so you're effectively running a business you know by virtue of the sublease I imagine right
1: sure sure but let that's a uh but you know we have a legal and binding contract, yeah. so, and it's it's uh, it's very cool. like we have it all on paper. You know we're not we don't. And this is if anyone's watching this, if you ever think that you're going to be doing short-term rentals with it, as a as a sublet without telling the owners, just yeah. just forget about it. That's never ever going to happen. Yeah. So you know you have to have the permission of the owner with the blessing of the owner. You usually pay above market rates. Um, and I've been a good tenant. I'm quiet. I'm clean. Um, and I pay on time, I pay over and above rates, um, you know, every, you know, keep the outside nice, because I have to, it's my business. Mm-hmm. But
2: I'm just sort of sitting there going, Ooh, how much are they going to pay? As a business, <laughs> Tracy, as a business, you might be able to a uh, bigger payout, actually, than as a private person. Because it's future earnings, no. right? Yeah, yes, but- it's a future earnings, a friend of ours. They they got uh, asked to leave a building like that where they were running their business, and they had to pay them a lot of money. A lot. He he got a lot.
0: Did mm. they have to threaten, or you know, no, basically, or...
2: basically the building got sold and uh, was to be torn down and rebuilt. <laughs> and they said, well, but you know. And at that time, they still had, a, they had like a long-time contract. So uh, they said, "Nope, we are not leaving. We have a building. We have a contract. We have a contract here. We have a business here. We are not leaving. And uh, they got a lot yeah. at last to
1: leave. Uh, uh, the, 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 the advice to the person who's writing into the Facebook group is that have this In the back of your like, have this as a budgeted line item. You are going to have to pay. You are going to have to pay compensation to anyone that has a valid contract. And so, use that in your numbers to make sure before you
2: go into a project that yes, before you buy a building like that, because I personally, I personally would never actually buy a building with the with the that I'm planning to like a big do something else
0: with yeah, yeah you know do
2: something else with uh before having thing. like you know yeah. some sort of agreement and stuff because it's not just
0: the cost of the uh of the compensation itself you also need to factor in the length of time that it will take you because that's yeah. also lost income that's a dead record. money
2: yeah that's dead money at that point your investment is tied up but yeah. you know and then whether it is a living building with apartments or is building where you can do for business um I heard something and I can't confirm it completely, but I think if you, are, if you are paying rent somewhere for a long period of time at the same property.
0: Gives you more rights. Yes, I heard that. You talk.
2: have yeah. more rights. And after, I don't know if it's a 20 or 30 years, uh, you kind of can't be asked to mm-hmm. leave.
0: Oh, you can always be asked, but you definitely you can don't. be asked,
2: Like, you have the right to stay, or something like that. Yeah. It's a little bit confusing to me, but my husband was telling me something uh, to that effect. And I think it was like 30 years, or either 20 or 30 years, if you are at the same property, that they actually cannot kick you out.
3: Same thing with squatters' rights. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, they do exist in Japan.
0: Nobody, um, not many people actually squat, but they do. You 20, squat, do you, Matt? Manage?
3: You manage to squat for 20 years in a property. It is yours.
2: Yeah. Um, <laughs> Twenty. Actually, also, that might be also the same thing with, with what my husband was telling me about, because I think he said 20 years. And even if you stop paying rent at that point. Yeah. They yeah, can't...
0: That's quarter's rights. People actually... Um, I don't know if business, but people actually actively actively seek to reach that position I, in other I countries. I think
3: yeah. I've heard of one person who managed to do it in Japan, like the 20 years, and like, all right, free and clear. <laughs> this <laughs> is my building now. <laughs> but, wow. But, but either, these are, again, uh, I mean, these are not your...
0: Typical Japanese tenants, like anybody who would actually, you know, wrap their head around even doing yeah. something like that is going to be a problem no matter what sort of compensation you have. Yeah. We, we normally tell our customers that, you know, if and when they do have this kind of plan and they have long term tenants who maybe are not too interested in leaving it's not nice to say, but because it's your building now, you can turn any of the units into minpaku, for example. Oh,
1: like, that will get people out fairly smart right?
0: Exactly. Yeah, for, really. all,
1: I think all you'd need to do would be put a letter into, as a as a heads up, saying, "Oh, I've bought the building now. This um, is just to let thing. you <laughs> just to let you know that because apartments three, four, and five are now empty, I'm going to be turning those into minpaku, just as a heads up. You yeah. know, and, Ooh, then people, like yeah. and then I
3: like and that.
0: And then and then
1: people will tend to move like. You know, you foreigners,
0: don't, foreigners will be coming in and out at all hours of the night.
1: <laughs> so, you, but you give people the the polite heads up. Um, yeah. You know, if there's any problems, talk to me or the rest of it. But um, that people will tend to leave of their own accord. And the thing is, if you've got a twenty of twenty unit building, you're not going to turn them all into mimpaku anyway immediately because yeah. it just takes too much time. Um,
0: We interrupt this broadcast to tell you about Tokyo Family Stays. They're a short term rentals company in Tokyo and they offer a home away from home experience, which is just perfect for remote working, quarantining, if that's still a thing, or if you just need somewhere quiet to get away from the world. They offer a variety of options for families, corporate relocations, or even if you're simply transitioning between homes in Tokyo. The properties are super comfortable tastefully furnished fully equipped with all amenities and they accommodate up to 10 people so really the only thing you'll need to bring with you is your toothbrush and maybe a change of clothes they come with fast unlimited wireless internet dedicated workspaces and fully equipped kitchens and they're just a delight to stay in fantastic alternative to japanese business hotels which if you've ever stayed in one you probably know they're tiny they're noisy Fine for a night or two if you're on your own, but longer term or with a family, you'll probably feel you're in a jail cell very quickly in a Japanese business hotel. So if you want to give yourself a sense of space and freedom by renting a real home with comfortable Western beds, including all the necessities like baby bedding, children's toys, high chairs, etc., you definitely want to reach out to Tokyo Family Stays. They've been at it for over a decade. They're a fully licensed minpaku or short-term stay operator. And as a special bonus for our viewers and listeners, they're also throwing in a breakfast basket upon arrival for anyone who books and mentions the Japan Real Estate Podcast or NTI. And not only for guests, if you're a property owner, you've got an investment property that you want to tweak for higher profit or a holiday home that you want to rent out when you're not using it via short-term stays, drop them a line today. See how they can help you maximize your property's income. And again, as a special bonus to our viewers and listeners, they're also offering a free audit of your existing short-term stay listings without any obligation whatsoever. So feel free to reach out to them at tokyofamilystays.com. Well worth a visit. And again, if you're in the market for a family home in or around the Tokyo metropolitan area, Emile's your man. Don't be shy to reach out to him as well at sales at realestate.jp. And now back to the podcast.
1: Um, what I went and got actually is, you know, like I said, my my house that's being that the whole block is gonna be um is gonna be taken over. The community have started a campaign. Nice. And they uh like so it's like a bit of a grassroots campaign. So but
0: don't destroy our building kind of thing?
1: Well, no, it's basically like let's organise and, like, let's get as much money as we can from these people.
0: Oh, so I like that. that. Good awesome.
1: On. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know if you can, is this back to front, obviously? No, you're no, gonna we can well, see well. well. We can see well. Yeah, so it's basically like, you know, don't don't let these evil corporations, like, shortchange right. us and yeah. let uh you know, they're gonna be making billions out of this deal. So let's, you know, band together and, and uh stand out for our rights type of thing. That's what this is all that's, right. That's what this is all about. And it's that's like honestly
0: like by virtue of our position, we should actually be in the um the buyer or the landlord. But all we've had in our experience was actually from the opposite side. So we have customers who owns units in buildings like yeah. you know a single room or a, a one yeah. apartment or two apartments. And Those developers are not nice. Like they come in, first of all, they come in kind of like under the radar and they buy two or three or four units um, at market price, like just pretending to be normal buyers. And then that gives them votes on the owner union. And then they start pushing the uh, head of the owner union with semi-legal bribes and vacations of various sorts. And they, together with the head of the owner union, then try to convince everybody else during the business, meet- during the uh, owner union meetings that, um, and these are people that usually are not professional investors. So they're, they're more susceptible to this kind of scare tactic. And uh, oh, the buildings getting old, maintenance is going to high. Oh, you don't know what we're offering you now is the best you'll ever get for it. And they eventually push and push and they got their time. They take two, three, four years and they eventually get their way. So yeah. they're not nice. They're definitely not nice.
1: Well, the good thing about being a foreigner in that case is that you can sort of block it out a little bit. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. We're not even mm. attending those meetings. Yeah. <laughs> but well, yeah. By the really time we right. are forced to sell, it's not at a good price, unfortunately.
2: No. Yeah. Mm.
1: Yeah. Well, it's it's that's a really good question from uh, you know from our from our community. So mm. keep them coming. What did you do to your hands, if this uh, Sorry to change the subject. What uh, that?
3: Oh, uh, yeah. it's like a burn. Is that a burn? It is a... Oh,
1: that's uh, right. Fireworks. Yes,
3: I'm kind of embarrassed. Oh, yeah, that would be a hell of
1: a...
0: (laughs) I I saw I thought it was a good idea. You know how, like, when you light a cigarette, you're shielding the flame with your hand because it's windy? I kind of thought it was a good idea to help my son light a firework that way, and it worked the firework went off right hey
3: man success
1: cracking <laughs> <laughs> cracking <Crikey, crikey>. that's <laughs> why I mean I'm younger
3: and your son learned a lesson so it's <laughs> it's like it's a double
0: it's a double win <laughs> it was what, so what? sweet he kept running to me with ice packs I'm like you okay you okay yeah, go go light him it's okay
1: <laughs> Oh, bless oh bless <laughs> Oh dear! Was Sorry, do, we for, do we have another question? We do we have another question from the from we the gallery?
0: Uh, so, we have one that we're going to save for a special guest who's going to be hmm. joining us on another um, occasion. So, I'm not going to tell you that one. one that is, but we have one. Um, could you please discuss uh, beach and ocean properties near Tokyo, like Atami, Izu, Chiba, and similar locations, and what you think about value slash investment? Um, given that the Japanese don't seem to value ocean properties due to tsunami right. risk, plus, minus maintenance, and so forth, so there's a lot to unpack there. But I want to first question the um, the assumption that Japanese don't like them. Is that true?
1: Well, I just, I don't, Japan, doesn't vote as, a,
2: like, it's not like a monolith, right? Like, you've mm. got... Um, yeah, well, but I wouldn't think, like, for example, properties in Shimoda are ridiculously expensive. Yeah. In and a lot of other places as well. Yeah. You know, so I think it depends on the area. Pins depends on the depends. area, yeah. Yeah, because, like, the- I, was, I was looking at um, some properties, and Shimoda is really up there. Even just to get, <laughs> even land, I saw a nice land, to be honest, uh, in Shimoda, it was 600 square meters. I think it was 600 square meters. Yeah, 600 square meters. So, you know, yeah. not, not a bad property if you want to do something on it, definitely very big if you want it as a personal one. And the property alone was 35 million yen. Yeah. Uh, but, that's, it, that's but it was perfect because it was by Shirahama. Yeah
3: that's it's, the other thing about shimoda is like it's so far legit,
1: from tokyo
3: when, when it comes up for us legitimately if you want to move there or yeah if you want a second house or like a vessel or, vac- mm. or whatever like You're legit looking at what at least 10 hours driving every time you go down every weekend. Educated lifestyle choice.
2: Yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean, so so there's there's the Odoriko. Um, if you're not, but I mean that's the other thing too. What we advise once
1: a day, it's
3: like three or four, but yeah, it's not that many. Um, and so, like, if you want a beso down there, uh, we advise advise this for places like Minakami as well. It's like, all right, fine pick up the house, whatever, also buy a parking spot and have your car for down there so that you don't have to drive there. You take the train there, which is easy enough. And then once you get there, you've got your local transportation. But if you're either training and only training, which means either cabs or walking once you get there or driving, which means, uh, ah, it's not really yeah really yeah
1: it's that that's what i would recommend for shimoda is have a car there or you know just because cars are cheap man you can pick yeah, up get a, car, a sh- really cheap.
3: car for like three thousand bucks
1: exactly yeah. and then just have it if you're gonna if you're gonna you know spend out like open your wallet to buy something in shimoda then have a car there and then just catch the train because then you can just like relax on the train and you know
2: hang out you're not sort of but they a family of, people. if you think about it, family of four g- going there by train and back every weekend, um, it's not a very economical either. Oh, so, my quality of,
1: t- my quality then you have of a life, Blanca, my quality of life is much better on a train, especially with really? kids. With kids in a car, oh my yeah. god, no. Yeah. Trains like,
3: are the way to go if you can afford it. The way,
1: look, we're gonna we're gonna disagree on this. Like, I mean, this hey, idea. I'm
3: looking at it, I'm looking at a spot in Shimoda right now that's going for 68 million. It's got 1403 square meters of land, nice. 243.56 meters square. Gorgeous it was just in,
2: gorgeous. Is it by the beach?
3: Uh it is in Yosami. So I have no idea where address. that is. But there's, the a, there's a
1: ton of places up around, you know, like, yes, Chiba, that Chiba Peninsula, sort of anywhere from, like, uh, you know, <laughs> anything that's, like, on that coast, of course. Tateyama, Tateyama, Tateyama uh, Kanagawa. Anywhere from Tateyama to Onjuku like, and,
2: Oha, like, Ohara. The beach I mean, is not that nice. Well, I mean, Onjuku Beach is fine, right? I mean... It's not, the problem is it's nothing comparing to Shimoda, so you are compromising, so you compromise either the quality of the beach yeah. or, or the commute.
3: Well, so here's the other thing too, let's stick with Shimoda for a minute. Uh, the spot that I'm looking at right now, it's a little bit further, uh, it's near, what, uh, Yumi, Yumigahama. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Yumi-Gahama. it's further down. Um, But if you're looking at Shimura, you should also be looking right next door at Kawazu,
2: which is like
3: 10 kilometers away. Kawazu is lovely. Kawazu is great. I absolutely adore Kawazu. Okay,
0: but wait, hang on. Aside from lifestyle choices or lifestyle choices, holiday home or not, or if you want to move there, value investment-wise, are they even something to be considered as investment properties if it's a beachside
3: I mean, potentially you could
0: here. turn it into a guest house, but aside from
3: yeah. that, also well, think about it this way: like, for example, with between Manazuru and Atami, so Manazuru Yugawara, Atami, um, there's a lot of surfing and there's a whole lot of diving, uh, especially mm-hmm. in Manazuru. It's a very the short-term very, stays. You're thinking. Yeah, it's yeah. a very popular dive spot. So short-term stay or Airbnb, guest house, something like that. Um, I mean, you know, there's pricing and costing and everything involved, but like so far as just throughput is concerned, if your marketing is good, yep. Manazuru is so goddamn popular and I enjoy the place, but like the, the part of it is just like, why not you go out Maybe it's just because I live here. Um, but Too many people yeah. that look like you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Um, oh, I mean, most, I mean, most of the divers, the surfers, the people who want these areas that go to the guest house and stuff. Guess what? They're in the IT industry. They've got money. They just don't look like it,
0: right? Yeah, but not I, definitely not long-term tenants. Like you wouldn't actually find. No,
2: it no, it's a short term. It's definitely yeah. it's great if I would say it's a great idea if you yourself want to have a second home in those area, and then and rent then it out that time. You and then for the time you are not there, you mm-hmm. rent it out
0: yeah, yeah. To that goes it. back to the discussion we had a while back that you want to use it during high season but that's exactly when you potentially
2: when they want to use money, it right? but you can block out if you are busy you are not there every weekend anyways yeah so right. you just block right. out the times when you want to be there we are just we just had an offer on a similar uh concept but in uh, uh minobu it's
1: where like, basically <laughs> Yeah, see, people like us can go during the week, right? We can go right. during the week.
0: If you're a business owner right?
1: and work, work from there, right? And yeah. work, you could work from like Blanca. You could work from there, Matt. You could, you know, we can yeah. all work from the the second house. I'm looking at sort of the. Yeah. I'm looking at the Chiba side just because of the the time
2: it takes to to, to yeah. transfer. Yeah,
0: but value-wise,
2: Chiba too, because it's 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 closer. It's close to you. As yeah. much as I love Shimoda. After I got stuck there one time for eight hours on the way back between Shimoda oh. and Tokyo, uh,
0: <laughs> Sunday night was it? I've I've okay. got a way worse, way worse.
2: mistake. Sunday night, and since then we do it the way that we either leave right after lunch, so we you don't do it one day trip. You kind of stay two three days, and on the day when you leave, we leave like one p.m. or whatever, or then you have to stay and leave like 9 p.m. Yeah,
0: I only did that once in my life, driving into Tokyo Sunday evening. I will never try that again.
2: <laughs> never, never,
1: ever. never, never, never. Never, ever. No matter yeah.
0: what you do. Okay, I, value-wise, I, do we think they could potentially hold their value? I'm seeing the opposite. I'm seeing actually losing value a lot it more It totally rapidly. depends
3: on where it is. If it's Shimoda or like southern Izu, I mean, yeah. let's, let's think about it logically, right? The beach areas that are readily accessible for Tokyoites, let's say, are going to be along Sagami Bay and on the west side, or I'm yeah. sorry, east side of Izu, and then the east, eastern Shiba Coast. Personally, I think the eastern Shiba coast is not worthwhile, which leaves Sagami Bay and eastern Izu. Uh, Shimoda, mega difficult to get to, kind of a waste of time. It's great when you're there, but oh my gosh, talk about stress and just all that stuff involved. And so really, it's Sagami Bay. And then if you look at Sagami Bay, though, anything past about Odawara tends to be within the realm of what somebody might consider affordable. But if you're going back up towards the city, back towards Tokyo, along the Tokaido, along the sagami Day, I mean, it just gets more and more and more expensive. I mean, Chigasaki, Hiratsuka right now are blowing up. Obviously, yeah. Kamakura is still Kamakura and Zushi are still very and Hayama. They're really like
1: sushi, Zushi, Hayama. They're really holding their value. Uh, yeah, um,
3: right. and so if you got the cash to throw down, okay, that yeah. might be a good investment. But if, especially if it's your first rodeo, and yeah. you want to go and cheap—maybe not cheap, but you know, going low right
0: um so similar dynamics to other locations in japan if you're close to the city you might retain your value otherwise don't expect that right
1: yes but you can but you can but those those places that are on the beach during the pandemic anywhere there was a drive-to location during the pandemic yeah. they killed it on short term yeah. yeah and so no, short term
0: could be a, a and that so it's a, a yeah.
1: It's a, it's a toss-up between long-term, long-term capital gain versus like, you know, short-term cash flow. So definitely short-term cash flow, it's there and it's you're going to be able to, especially during the summer months, you yeah, know, March seasoned. through to October, you're going to be able to really crank up your cash flow um, and, you know, it'll pay for itself in no time at all if you do it short-term. Okay, yeah. and then the
0: last factor, uh, Blanca probably has something to say about that, as uh, maintenance, right? I know that we have a few that are beachside that we do need to um, paint and anti-rust and yeah. replace parts of on a much more frequent basis than other properties, right? Definitely, the because the, the salty
2: wires. air and everything, yeah. the water... It even like you can see a bed fr- uh, uh, door frames and the doors and everything, a lot of things they, they equipment, get,
0: everything metal, yeah, um,
2: everything gets damaged much more. So you have to account for that. We had a client <clears throat> that was trying to do um, a property in Atami, and just looking at it is you know yeah. that repairs every and they everything. They tend to
0: look like shit very quickly, I think.
3: Yeah, and that's, yes. that's, that's kind of a funny element to it all is that occasionally, you know, we've got, I mean, honestly, most of our clientele is, is pretty top tier. Um A lot of them are relatively adventurous, aren't so concerned with, you know, always looking totally perfect and driving an AMG Mercedes wherever they go and whatnot. Some of them do, though, want to do that, right? And when they bring up seaside properties, I mean, at this point now, we just got to be like, seriously, <laughs> like, <laughs> you. <laughs> the uh,
0: tsunami factor. The guy was asking about the tsunami factor. Is that something that I mean, I, I've written an ages notice. ago about it. I I think we're not really prepared for the waters rising and so forth. So That's something that people are thinking about.
3: Yeah. Tsunami inundation zones are certain. And of course, every municipality has different hazard maps. It's a pain in the ass because they're all PDFs and you can't like, you know, click one on and then another. Textless
0: off. PDFs. So we yeah, right. our graphic PDFs.
3: Um, so like, for example, recently in our newsletter, we wanted to kind of make an example uh, of a place actually done here in Yugo that's quite nice, very affordable, near the beach, five minute, five, ten minute walk from this like awesome location. 9.5 million yen, uh, really quite nice. However, it's in the tsunami inundation zone, Yeah. right? Um, and so that's, I mean, really what it comes down to is we live in Japan. There's volcanoes, there's tsunamis, there's, there's earthquakes. earthquakes, there's typhoons, Typhoon. there's, there's murder hornets everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, and goats yeah right um, i've got a story about the goats actually recently but i'll save that for later
1: well and they say <laughs> Australia's <laughs> dangerous for goodness sake <laughs>
3: oh, right. the and so so the um something that you have to be careful about regardless of you know akia or super high quality new builds and whatnot is all right check it out we did our research due diligence it's is it in a tsunami inundation zone no is it in a potential landslide zone yes yeah. Okay, if that's the case, what are the developments around the property that you're considering? Because the whole risk with landslides isn't so much the fact that you've got runoff water coming down. It's that a developer was real shit, right? And didn't compact the soil properly or didn't do whatever when they purchased land. This is what happened in Atami. That's why that landslide last year happened. Yeah. It was a solar and,
2: and they were cutting out a lot of trees in that exactly.
3: area. They were doing that. Um, it was a solar yeah. farm developer. Uh they didn't, and so that's why it happened. It was a man-made disaster that was exacerbated by the rainwater. And so it's not necessarily that, like, if you live in a risk zone, that equals it will happen. It's merely stating that oh, okay, like, if it does happen, like, you might want to have a contingency plan. And yeah. so long as you understand your circumstances. What is a contingency plan for tsunami danger? Uh, So for a place like where we, where I was just talking about it, in Yugoada, having a car, or actually, fuck the car, get a bike. Bikes are the best thing you can possibly have, and it's not- oh, a no, real- no, but
0: I mean, yeah, of course. But I mean, for doing something to potentially protect your property values or anything you can have- Insurance- <laughs>
3: Yeah, insurance.
0: That's <laughs> it, <right. laughs> That's always
2: it. have a good insurance and always have everything you can in that insurance.
0: Yeah, right. so similar, exactly, exactly the same as you do with earthquakes, right? Which with can anipopogy. strike anywhere. They don't anipopogy. necessarily have
3: a or... Tsunami insurance is not particularly popular. Um, I remember, like, for a 311, like, nobody <laughs> had... Tsunami insurance. Uh,
0: but they've updated that now. So the policies that we've been getting include tsunami as oh, really? earthquake insurance because it's caused by an earthquake. I mean, tsunamis okay, don't happen true. without an earthquake, right?
3: So okay, good, sure. good, good. Interesting. Um, but yeah. So I mean, we we'll don't really
0: clear could... spillage insurance yet, but uh, we're working on that one. Hopefully. Yeah, but mm. it,
3: it really just comes down to intelligent, not in, like, are you an intelligent person? But like, you know, intelligent about the property, like, okay, it's in this kind of place. What does that mean? If that thing happens, what do I do? Have I prepared for that and whatnot? If you do all of these things, then you can have a reason, I mean, reasonably, have a very good time over a long time with whichever property it is you choose to purchase.
2: Basically, as with anything else you do, do your due diligence.
3: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean,
2: make a, res- ask, yeah, ask, a research. Ask us. we've done all the research. <laughs> or, or pay somebody, pay an expert. Why, yeah. if you are already making an investment, uh, Hey, an expert, you know, I always I always laugh. I know a lot of people like to do everything themselves, but
3: yeah, uh, I laugh at them too. Like, you know what? It's it's up, you're opening yourself up to so much risk. It's a bad idea. Yes,
2: no. yes, you know, there's a reason why there are people that are experts in anything and everything. Stop asking at Facebook forums. Right. Okay. Hey, the only thing you need to ask for is who can do this for me? Exactly. Yeah. Who who do I talk to? You know, because those are no, things... Well, it's good to
0: educate yourselves publicly, but when you're actually... No, because they going give you 10 different... on a particular property, you want somebody to look into it for you.
2: Yeah, but they give you, like, every time when I read something, they give you 10 different uh, opinions. None mm. of them is Well, right. and that's what
3: they are, right? They're they opinions.
2: confuse you. They confuse you completely.
3: Yeah.
2: And it's like all they need to be told is talk to this person. This yeah. person, it's their business. No. They know. So, Ziv, I want to talk, I mean, we spoke about beach,
1: beach properties around Tokyo. Of There's a lot of other, there's a lot of other landmass besides sort of the Kanto Plain. What is the beach properties like around outside of, Tokyo. I mean, you're you're in Fukuoka. Is there much demand yeah. in in for beach areas outside?
0: So it very much depends on the local township and municipality, right? So just the fact that it's near a beach is not necessarily going to make it an attractive property, an attractive place to live, or an attractive place where you might get people to stay, right? But
1: because it's infrastructure, not just it's the
0: infrastructure. It's it's gotta be interesting aside from the beach. I mean, we're not, we're not in Thailand where you all you need to do is, you know, whack a hammock between two trees and have somebody yeah. serving cocktails.
3: Yeah. <laughs> it's oh, depends.
0: So, you know, there's no convenience store. It's a 20 minute walk to the train station. So yeah, I got a beach, but then what do I do after I get back from the beach? Right. So, yeah, <laughs> There are communities um like Itoshima, for example, west of Fukuoka um, or, you know, Otaru up in Sapporo. There are communities that are near the beach and are popular, but that's because it's not just the beach there.
3: I'll be up in Otaru next month,
0: actually.
1: Or, or the other thing is, is if you are a big developer, there is plenty of opportunity to actually, you know, get some land really quite cheap if you plan to put the infrastructure in as well. And, I mean and that, that that is a
3: dream of like I want to see. I, I just think there's home.
1: so much like yeah. you know, don't go to where everyone else is, go to where there's not, not people and actually build everything. It's just, you know, like there's a school being built up in, in almody right now. And it's a like a really, really expensive high-end boarding school and they like they're doing exactly that they've bought a ton of land in the middle of nowhere for nothing and they're actually creating a whole like bubble of of um Is that
3: Greenwich Chance and Yishu?
1: I don't know that well I mean it's in Admiralty it's it's a school called Harrow and they they're really targeting which is a british school and they're really targeting high end um you know wealthy chinese wealthy singaporeans um, and it's not nine million yen, nine million yen a year to to for a wow. full boarding for your kid, and so that's like that's up there. And the thing is, they are filling it. They are gonna they are gonna have no problem filling it. But they've been able to build this school for you know basically just for the cost of putting in these high-end um, buildings in there so but they would
0: need to build the area up like you sure, mentioned they, they need have... to create that bubble it's not just the cost of the of the development sure
1: and so. they've done all that and they've done all that and they've been able to you know bring in local you know uh you know local local companies and and you know the things the things that they're able to offer is just their other schools are not able to offer that so you know if you want to if you're really into skiing you can go skiing every lunchtime. If you're into golfing, you can play golf at lunchtime, for example. Yeah. So these are the things that they can do because they they can build their own, they've built their own ski field or they're attached to a ski field and they've got their own golf course. So they, yeah, they're they've they've doing all of that. But and got, I'm
0: assuming, the influence and the potential connections to actually bring people in to build whatever else needs to be built around them, right?
1: Yeah. So they'll and
3: they'll run. Run. i got to
0: yep. go. I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. We're just about at the end of it, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah. we're at the end of it. Um, so.
3: Yeah. We got a thing. So great talking. Uh, and next week, too, we're doing that, right? Um, yes, we are. <laughs> 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 oh, surprise next. Week. Guest. Ne- surprise
1: guest. Surprise guest next week.
3: Surprise. Yes. Okay. Um, I'll great start... time. See, to See, bye. See, Bye-bye. See you. Bye bye. Hang
1: on the line. Hang on the line. Hang on the line.
0: So there you have it, the JREP crew doing what we do best, answering your questions and dishing out some valuable info for all of you out there with any interest in Japan's property market. And if you are and also happen to be in Tokyo in February 2023, make sure to hop over to realestate.jp and pre-register for the inaugural Japan Real Estate Summit. Come say hi, pick our brains and meet fellow like-minded real estate junkies like yourself. We can't wait to see you all there. And that's it from us for today, folks. Hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Japan Real Estate Podcast. Do share it with your networks and please let us know what you think. So leave us a short rating or review on the iTunes store, on Spotify, or just drop us a line in the comment section or wherever you might have found this episode. We love hearing from you. Hope to have you with us again next time. And until then, have a great day or night ahead. Yoroshiku.